Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. Are you listening to the podcast? We are doing a live Q&A. This is our weekly live stream on our Hot Breath YouTube channel that you can subscribe to linked in the description of this episode but i want to start this off yoshi i went i went back to the mud last night fam okay i went back to that nitty gritty open mic just open micness you know like <laughs> i hadn't had i hadn't been that open micy in a while but <laughs> yeah i did um i did a show in the corner of an irish bar Mm, on a Monday that started at that's 11. The, the show started at 11. The show started at 11. At 11. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That's, that's a good one right there. That's that's how you know. They're serious about comedy. And like 11 o'clock, that's when comedy should be. On a Monday? Do you know the, the critters out and about on a Monday on President's Day at 11 <laughs> in an Irish pub? It was the a crew. Critters. There was a crew, dude. And the host, I don't think he'd ever hosted before. Ooh, so even better. He basically started the show. He started the show as like, hey, you Fs, ready for some comedy? He goes, hey, you Fs at the bar, ready for comedy? Like, these people are just drinking on a Monday night. And then some insane person just stands up in the corner and swears at them. <laughs> Not humorously. He dropped the R word like three times. Like, very oh. open, Mikey. But oh. I just I, I said all that to say I hadn't done a show like this in a while. Yeah. And I hadn't had a set like I had in a while where it was just a mental breakdown. Mm. I mm. was rubbing the walls. You rubbed I was the, having you inner wall rubbing? <laughs> wall rubbing? Oh, we no. brought it back, fam. We brought it back. <laughs> yeah. When you get to wall back. rubbing with Joel, that's how you know you don't. <laughs> you you don't got to the bottom of the barrel right there. <laughs> That's from the rooter to the tutor. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, it was rock bottom. But it oh. was, and it was cool because like the um the guy who runs it, JB, super cool guy. Yeah. So he yeah. gave me like extra time. So he's like. You could do 15, so, like, I stretched it. Like, I was stretching it out. <laughs> just a good mental breakdown in front For of sure. seven comics and four drunk people to really yeah. get you back in the game, you know? Hey, that's the best. That's how you That's how you know you're in it. Yeah, it felt very cathartic. I hadn't done anything like that in a while. You know, I've been very buttoned up, and, like, here we are. You know, you and Solid. I are starting to do a lot of country clubs. Like we're getting, we're getting professional. So it was good to just yeah. be in a bar sure. on a Monday, just melting yeah. down. Oh yeah, yeah. I I feel like you need one of those just to reset your expectations <laughs> of what life comedy should be, just to kind of like take you out of your 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 zone just for a little bit, because it does. It's a nice little reset. I'll say what yeah. I don't like is when there's like two or three of those resets like in a row. 
I don't like that. I don't like that feeling at all. <laughs> That's not fun. At when it all. becomes a habit. Yeah. Yeah. When you're like, okay, this is not fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. It's yeah. part of it though. That's the you're right. This is part of it. There's a good uh there's a good spot out in Alpharetta if you ever want to do a Monday night that isn't oh, as yeah. grimy as this. It's a, is it the Indian place? Yeah, it's I almost solid. drove up there last night, but Alpharetta was a, a minute away. Yeah, yeah, that's a minute. That's a minute for sure. But it's a but good always like have the a grind. You know, I'm a, I'm a savage yeah, yeah. with it. See, people people see me now and they're like, oh, he, he looks <laughs> like a youth pastor. Come on down, Joel. You know, but like we we started from the bottom. Now we're here like the shows I've done, bro, you know. <laughs> <laughs> grimy strip clubs and public buses and sidewalks and mm. fetish conventions and like i mean you know kids today you know as they're doing their open mics filming them for crowd work clips back in back my in day, day we, i we was working for him i walked to the mic both hills up <laughs> we, back in my day we stayed for the whole show we stay for the whole show fam you show respect to that host and those other comics and you hang out now everybody gotta get i got no i got i'm grinding fam i'm grinding i'm gonna go sit at this other mic and hope the booker notices me in six months oh get that crowd work clip (laughs) trying to get that crowd work clip back in my day we had to tell jokes We actually had a right right before we went up on stage. Had to write something, think about it for a whole week, put some tags on it, <laughs> make sure there was a setup and a punchline, practice it, and then get up on stage. Now you kids just ask somebody what do they do for a living, and then post that on the TikTokities and the Instagrammies. I so yeah. sound like a hater right now, but that's pretty much I mean, what it feels like. <laughs> I ain't hating. But I mean, it's like, I've seen some that it's literally like the person says something and they respond and that's the entire clip. Dude. And it's like seven seconds. I've seen seen some where people have, uh, audio edited the laughs in (laughs) and and are are straight up doing this against the green screen as if they're a club. Yeah. There's what there's a white dude clearly is like clearly clearly is just like in his room doing this with laugh tracks but i bet he's selling tickets he has like a lot of followers he has a lot of followers hey i here's the thing if the formula is working get it how you live you know what i mean yeah get it how you can ain't no there's no formula to how this how to be successful in this game if you find a way you found a way and mm-hmm. if people are giving you tickets and putting butts in seats, because there's a the thing, when yep. they come see you, that's when the truth comes out. <laughs> Them yeah, jokes yeah, yeah. better be fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ain't no rubbing the walls when somebody's paying to be there. Nah, G. <laughs> you know, nah, you know G. Yeah, you got to deliver. Or else the people who booked you are going to spread the word oh this dude is trash and they will let other comedy clubs know in a hot second and the the worst part really is that the fans will come and see you and they won't come back and they'll be like oh he's 
all right, we'll keep them on the internet, but we wouldn't go see them live again. We got our photo. That's enough type deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean yeah, know, fans, are, fans are savages too. Around. Yeah, fans are savages too. And then some fans even go to those shows thinking it's going to be nothing but uh, interactive, like uh, crowd work stuff. And it's like, you know how hard it is to do an hour of crowd work if you're not yeah. good at it? Yeah. <laughs> I was literally and just try talking. to make magic happen. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, that's the game now, though, you know? Yeah. There's, there's very few comedians that can really, like, knock out crowd work for, like, a hot second. Like, Akash, uh, Schultze. Um, Ian Bag, Ian Bag, Ian, Ian Bag's the OG. Yeah, he's like an old crowd. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even like I, I even think like old school comedians can like knock out crowd work, but new comedians doing crowd work for an hour—that's not easy. I mean, even like somebody like a Sam Morell, who is just a f phenomenal writer, he doesn't do crowd work for an hour. He's got jokes. He don't do mm -hmm. crowd work every once in a while, but you're not seeing him to go see an hour worth of crowd work. Yeah, I think his, um, you know, and I do, as, as we're talking about young comics here, as we get into our Q&A, there's something that came up last night that mm -hmm. as I was out at open mic, I, I was in the environment and I like, so I was starting to observe some commonalities. It seems like, seems like mm -hmm. a lot of cats are taking notes on stage. I don't know if that's a new school thing that these kids are just like, whatever. But it yeah. seemed like everyone had like notes or a phone and were like blatantly just going back and forth to it. Like at an open mic where you're supposed to just be breathing, figuring out how to breathe up there. And they're like, oh, <laughs> let me go back to my notes. You know what I mean? Like, for sure. I noticed that I went to two shows last night. I noticed that at both. It seemed like people were doing a lot of notes. Is that like a new thing you kids are doing? Or back in my day, we bombed you, with dignity. <laughs> are you a notes are you not a notes guy at an open mic i will take i'm not all the time but i've i'll take notes up there i thought i recognized you from last night i thought you were one of those he was in a disguise he didn't have his sunglasses on but listen i'm 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 never someone who tells you should or shouldn't do. I only tell my oh, experience, for sure. of course. For sure. So listen, I don't like notes up there. Yeah, Gerard yeah. That's Carmichael fair. shot a special at the comedy yeah, store with, with notes on a with stool. Notes. There's there's yeah, literally yeah. there's dude, there's no right or wrong way. It's your way. Do whatever for sure. do you boo. But I just feel like an open mic when you're so young in the game. I understand someone like a Chris Rock having like pieces he wants to get to and he's working on stage, but a young comic, you're just trying to figure out how to be comfortable up there. For if sure. If you keep having yeah. this crutch, it's going to yeah. take you longer to get comfortable because it's how you rise to the occasion and discomfort or fear is how you start yeah. to build that stage presence. And this going to the phone is like a, a safety valve. I think it's only sure. hindering you. Yeah. I, I, I feel you on that. I, I would say that I take notes, not as a crutch, I take notes simply right. because there are things perfect. that I am trying that like, I just need to get out. But I would say the difference is I know the whole joke. It's just a matter of the order. Like, I don't know the order of the joke that I am saying when I'm at an open mic. Mm -hmm. If like I get a kind of reaction at something, I'll go to a different joke 
rather than the order that I put for my set list even that day, right? Because I want to like follow certain themes, but I don't go to the, I don't go to my notes as a crutch, but I get it though. Like, especially as a starter, if you're starting out in comedy, it's, it can be kind of like something that you latch onto. Um, but you know, I get it though. I mean, hell, uh, George Wallace takes yeah. like carries a, a legal nine, pad up there, a nine by sixteen legal pad yep. up there. Yeah, but man, he's rattling these jokes off like bow, 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 Makes a whole lot more than we will Crazy ever make money. in our lifetimes. Well, maybe so. not ever we make. Hey, I ain't aiming for the middle here. <laughs> All right. I ain't aiming for the middle here. <laughs> Facts. Right, speak for yourself there, Mr. Fixed Mindset. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's all, it's just something I noticed. You know, I know yeah. there's always yeah. exceptions. Have I, I have, have I done it before? Yes. I can literally think of just literally a few times because I am that just like passionate about not For having sure. notes, but dude, yeah. you do you boo. It's just something I noticed that newer Feels comedians like. doing this and not mm -hmm. as like, not even giving themselves the moment to be organic on stage as soon as they like forget something, they like go to the phone or whatever. And like, mm. they just don't oh, even. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. kind of. That I won't. That I won't do. It, my notes are mostly for me to know what am I going to. And then I do the whole joke. And I'm not going back to it to be like, oh, I forgot the punchline kind of thing. Oh, absolutely not. But yeah, I get that though. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I think. Yeah. yeah. Anything else that you notice about new new comics while you were up there? Um, I mean, you were OG in this game. <laughs> you know what I'm OG, OG, <laughs> dang fam. Um, you know, you I actually took, I actually took notes in my um notebook, but I'm not exactly sure where it is. You took notes of your notes at the. Cause open I was, mic. I was at the open mic last night, like <laughs> taking notes, like, Oh, I want to talk about this tomorrow. Oh, for sure. Oh, because I got these you. kids, these kids. I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, that was the big one though. People using notes on stage. Um, yeah, that was the big one. Yeah. I feel you on that. You know, leave them with one thing at it, leave them with one thing a week for them to, for sure. <laughs> Oh, and yeah. then people are divided in the comments. Some people take notes. Some people don't. Yeah. It's all, it's all preference. All preference. So let's get into some of these questions that we posted yeah. in our Facebook group to answer your Q&A questions. Yeah. Preguntas. Preguntas. So the first one I'm seeing... is oh gosh these people wrote like paragraphs i don't want to read all this <laughs> we want to help but come on let's be within reason no i'm just kidding <laughs> oh and by the way my breakdown like wasn't killing like it wasn't like oh this is cool and experimental people were just like what is happening yeah all right yeah is it because you were going long 
Like, what do you what do you think was the catalyst to the breakdown, or the jokes were just not working? Well, the break. I listened back to it, and the breakdown started when like a new joke I was real excited about that just killed at the show I did before. Just like fell flat, and I was I immediately Mm. just went back to like like three-year-old joel just all right we're rubbing the walls we're talking to ourselves we're getting into it i'm gonna scare these young comics tonight i'm scared i'm like this is your future (laughs) so do you think do you think the rubbing of the wall is a crutch oh no 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 no. i haven't done it in years definitely not Yeah, yeah, yeah. How dare you even equate that to someone not knowing their jokes and looking at their notebook as a crutch? Oh, <laughs> please! You just tried to like because you use notes. You're like, ooh, let me try to reverse psychology my way into no, him no, 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 no. I, I was saying it is like what what turned you into going down the rabbit hole of the wall rubbing. I think I'm trying to figure out, like, was it that the joke wasn't working or like because it didn't pop? What was sort of like your mental game after that joke didn't hit like you wanted it? That's yeah, what I was trying to get. Yeah, yeah. Because I used to do that. Like if my yeah. if my like opening breath didn't get a laugh, I would just bail on the set and be like, oh, guess it's going to be one of those, huh? Like immediately. <laughs> so then from that, like. Sometimes I would turn around and just rub the wall. So I think when that joke I was really excited about that's been killing and yeah. doesn't at this bar yeah. at 11 o'clock on a Monday. For sure. That I think I, my brain was just like, ooh, we haven't done this in a while. Let's get Got back it. to the let's get back to the foundation. Let's get back to the fundamentals here. Okay. Okay. That's what you know, I was I wondering. Just, I just did a video on Steve Martin. Yeah. It literally took me like 16 hours to script and research <laughs> i tracked the time i was like there's no way but um you putting in that work baby but so I, i've been in this weird world for a while like researching him and just what he did so i think yeah that may have been part of as well that like oh let's just break free tonight yeah now what happens tonight yeah. i don't know but my brain has been <laughs> um all over the place okay all right. Since I uh, I drank at the Super Bowl, and then I drank at Valentine's Day, mm. and my brain is just like, "Hey, remember anxiety? <laughs> remember that? Remember why you quit drinking?" I was just like, "Uh." So I'm still like, kind of, my brain is still kind of coming out of that fog. For sure, for sure, understandable. That's the worst part about therapy is that you just know you gotta listen. I did it. Like, you know, you have to tell them something, but it's not for like another week. And you're like, fine. <laughs> I do love therapy because you do have to tell on yourself. They're like, yeah. how's it going? You're like, uh, I done messed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that thing that I said I was going to work on. I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I worked, but not on that. I worked on unworking that. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Imagine going to like a comedy therapist. You're like, ah, uh, damn. I started rubbing the walls this week. <laughs> what do you think that means? <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
diagnose that? <laughs> is that a mommy issue, daddy issue, or yeah, is that just where, a child? Where, where does that stem from? Let's start to work on where that. that? <laughs> Let's work on it's that. True, though, yeah. Oh my god, it's so true, dude. <laughs> so it's been weighing on me ever since I drank. I was like, oh, I have to tell her. I have to tell. It's all good. I think I also broke broke last night because I've really been trying to do not do white stuff. And mm. then I did something white and it like really killed. And I was like, oh. like I'm really trying not to. And I end up just doing it more, not trying to. <laughs> but I don't know why. I do feel like that's a crutch. I feel like that's okay. why I'm trying not to do it because yeah, yeah. because you that feel like has it's become a-, a crutch for me. Yeah, I can feel it. Gotcha. Okay. I just don't want that. I don't want that laugh anymore. Yeah. Um, hey, understandable, man. But if you see me out in these streets, I may be doing them. Just so <laughs> you know, I'm a hypocrite. Um, <laughs> all right. So I'll pull up in our Facebook group. So the, uh, the first one we have here, let's start off with a light one. Vanessa Ray asked, just how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll? <laughs> I think it's in the two to three hundred range. Um, I have counted before. Uh, back in my day. Back really? in the day. Yeah. I mean, do you remember Tootsie Rolls? Yeah. And I remember the owl commercial. Yeah. 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 You actually did awesome. it? Oh, Dude, I mean, we listen to everything cartoons told us to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> Smokey the Bear said, don't, you know, don't light anything in the woods. I was like, all right, cool. Smokey, you seem cool to me. Let's 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 not do that. You know what I mean? People said, rough. don't get on drugs. That that worked for a while. Um, but yeah, uh, it's about 200 or 300. I say 250. That's the magic number is 250 licks to get to the center of a tootsie roll there you go vanessa ray asking the hard-hitting questions boom blow next one up oh and alan harbour said in the live chat that uh food theory did a video on that interesting (laughs) that's funny (laughs) okay so 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 actually so some comedy questions here (laughs) from alan harbour actually let's do his so he says say you don't want to or can't do traditional stand-up but want to tell your jokes on platforms like tiktok and youtube what are some tips or strategies you don't want to do traditional stand-up but you want to tell jokes on youtube or tiktok Hmm. I think you just do it standing yeah. from your room yeah. like a talking yeah. head and video see, and see what happens. I think the key is like, there's so many ways to define comedy, right? There's so many people yeah. who are calling themselves comedian and in their right, they are a comedian because they're making people laugh. So in that definition of a comedy of a comedian, if you are making people laugh, you are technically a comedian. So however you are delivering that message or that content really is upon you. There's so many things that are working right now. So many things that are, you know, 
that I would have never thought would ever work on a stage, but people are doing it. They're working it. People's reactions are very different these days. So yeah, I think the key to this one is just do it, try it, see what happens, and then try it again. Make it better. Yeah, I mean, the the tipper strategy is that you just post and try several different things and see what you enjoy the most and what is working the best. So it's like you may experiment with a joke that you just holding your phone and talking to it, or it's something you do in your car that's part more of like a series, or you don't do it talking to the phone. You do it as like a skit that you act out, and then you play different characters in this skit or you have friends to do it with you. So the tipper strategy is like, okay, you don't want to get on stage. You want to create comedy online is basically what you're saying. So yeah. just start experimenting. Just like with stand-up, you get on stage and try things out and what works you keep building on. Same thing with social media. So just approach that stand-up mindset, but just apply it to what you create on social media. But doing it, I mean, honestly, starting and getting consistent yep. is the number one thing action 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 so like another strategy is like all right i just want to post something every day this week it doesn't have to be funny it could be the same thing i just want to hit the post button seven days seven times this week and just start there to build the habit because consistency and what's going to be fun to you is how you're going to build it boom nice boom I would drop that's, this. That's mic, how we've been able you... to do hot breath for over six years for free. You're welcome. For the culture, you know, we just love it. We just love helping comics. Just love interviewing comedians. Over 400 episodes for free. You know, just putting in that work. Yeah. Hey, Put you know what? Work. Grin it down. You just grin it down. But you know, that's what these young cats. You know, that's. They don't see that invisible work. They don't. They don't know, Shawty. <laughs> All right. Here's a good one about getting booked. Jack Allen from across the pond. Across says, the pond. What's the appropriate amount of time to message a booker again if they didn't acknowledge or see your first message or email? I don't want to be too persistent and annoy them, but I've always. But I've also had success when messaging again after six months. Mm. You know, I, I when I went to the World Series and met like maybe like 15, 20 bookers, the consistent advice was about once a month to reach out. And if you don't get a response back, keep reaching out. And if your once a month is too many, they will let you know, but keep reaching out. So I would say that's the magic number. It's about once a month, mainly because that's how often they're checking their calendars on who to book. You know, some, you would think that all comedy bookers book like a couple months out, but some people book like a couple weeks out. Some people will book a couple of days out every booker is so different because every comedy club has different needs and different desires. Um, so I would say probably once a month is kind of the magic number for bookers that I saw consistently through, you know, the 15, 20 comedy bookers who probably, probably manage about 
40 to 50% of the comedy clubs in America. Cause the guys from the comedy zone were there house of comedy, like the people that have like franchises across the country, they were all there. They were like, yeah, yeah. About once a month is sort of that magic number. Exacto mundo. Next question. El próximo pregunta es de uh, Jerry Kroll. It's a given that you need great material and performance to get booked. Networking has to be as important for booking and progressing. What are some of your networking stories that surprised you with how it brought you up a level? Example, met a comic booker, producer on a flight or in a McDonald's, staying after shows to talk with other comedians for 30 minutes, yeah. or had a recommendation come from someone you hardly knew. You want to go first on this one? Networking God. It's quite a mouthful there. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of writing, so we'll have to edit that for next time. Let's. It's kind of like the joke economy. It's like word economy for the jokes for feedback. It's like, guys, we really gotta tighten these these Questions jokes up. Down. What's the What's the premise? What's the premise? And let's work from there. <laughs> it's funny. It's the same thing. You're and they're on Facebook, so there's no character <laughs> limit. <laughs> like, oh, we getting it in. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. So, let me go back. Networking. I mean, gosh. I mean, I mean, the one that comes to mind. And I will say, like, I've, all the people I've interviewed, like, most people like have said that like all your opportunities are going to come from your peers. So it's like, it's not some manager or agent that's going to hook you up. It's always going to be a friend you've known since way back when, who now is the head writer of a TV show and they need more writers or actors or things like that. Like it's always, it's always going to be your network. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. And yeah. it's something I didn't take seriously early on. I was very aloof and I just went from show to show didn't really network, didn't really hang out, and as a result, didn't really get on the cool shows, hence the strip club show we talked about <laughs> earlier. Um, but one that did, I guess that really took me a lot farther than I expected was probably Miss Pat. When I started the podcast and I wanted to interview the 10 Atlanta, 10 comedians from Atlanta on Last Comic Standing, and I was like, I didn't even know her or anything. We got referred by a friend in the network. She did the podcast. We hit it off. And she took me, a few years later, she took me to JFL with her and got to do all the just VIP backstage, VIP, like, I'm in the green room of Roast Battle because that's what Miss yeah. Pat was doing. And, like, it was like Judd Apatow and John Mulaney, like, two feet away. And you're just like. But I think what that moment taught me is it's like, oh, everybody's just people. Like, I wasn't in there just like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, it's more like, oh, we're, we're all like, we're all like silly yeah. gooses in here. So that's probably one that, like, I didn't expect beyond just getting to interview her after getting referred to her to then, like, to build a relationship like that. So you just never know. 
that's legit dude i don't know if i can top that i mean mine is probably a bit uh like so i i will say i like networking that's probably like one of my superpowers honestly for sure yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. is that i don't mind hanging after a show just so like i'm i'm a people person i'm an extrovert unlike many comedians as i'm finding out i like <laughs> the energies of people so i'm okay hanging out for a hot minute my wife will always say you're always the last one to leave and i'm okay with that i'm completely okay being like the last one because i didn't want to miss out on anything because if we're hanging out we're going to hang out kind of thing so uh i'm trying to think what story like you know i'd, I'd probably say one of the best ones is like seeing someone in one city and then them hooking you up in another city mm, was very yeah. very cool right so i'm not i'm trying to remember who it was so i can name drop like joel did over there um <laughs> but you're great you are great at networking that's something that you and i have talked about before that you're good about hanging out and i and i've tried to learn that from you you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You get more intentional. So about I'll, being I'll around. say this: like I was at a show in Atlanta, and uh, a comedian. And here, here's the thing: I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'm also terrible about following up. But here's, I'll, I will drop a name and then let you know how bad I didn't follow up uh, on it. But they were like, "Hey, um, but Steve Byrne, I met Steve Byrne in Nashville. Steve Byrne uh -huh. just got a new Prime. Is it? Is it on Amazon Prime? It is on Prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah." just got a new special and i met steve Byrne in nashville i think he saw me do a show and he was like hey man if you're ever in atlanta hit me up and uh i'll put you on the show and then i was doing my normal networking thing which is i like to go to the punchline every once in a while and steve Byrne was literally there and he's like man why didn't you hit me up i would have put you up on the show and i was like hot damn <laughs> now you're now you're cool with them but now I'm cool with him. And honestly, yeah. I'm sure that if he was ever in the city and I'm like, hey, Steve, what's up? He would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. come to the show. I'll get yeah. you on kind of thing. But yeah, that's the power of it. But also it's like he saw a little bit of my comedy. He was actually talking in the background. But I think what connected him is that we hung out. And uh, funny enough, we neither of us drank. And so but we were around a whole bunch of people that were drinking and we were just talking the entire night just about comedy and how he got started. He told me about his, uh, Steve Byrne? he's the one that, yeah. Like Didn't he drink? did. Yeah. I don't think he was drinking Wow. at least at the time, at the time, uh, oh, okay. he wasn't drinking. And, um, he was telling me about like the, the, he did the, uh, like that 23 hours worth of what's that thing that he did in New York where he did like 23 sets like or 20 something shows? sets, like 14 shows in a night. It was like 13 um, or die or something. Yeah. I watched that. Yeah. 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 Of just like, he was just back to back doing show, show after mm -hmm. show after show. And we just got into the details of that. And like, I was, it was like super fascinating, but yeah, it was awesome. Oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Did I bore you with my networking stories? Joe? <laughs> Joe's like, you're really good at networking, but I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> no, I like, before this, I had pancakes because um, Lent starts tomorrow. And today, the tradition is it's you uh, you have pancakes. It's called like 
Fat Tuesday is what it's called. And um, so you have pancakes on Fat Tuesday. Yeah, before before Lent, when you repent um, okay. for gotcha. all of your. Sin. But basically, I had pancakes before this, and it's just starting to hit me. Of like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but more. <laughs> but your your story was great, and Steve is a super nice guy, super and uh, he nice kills. Guy. And I did interview him. I haven't released it yet. And um, he did give me a guest spot. I killed that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case y'all were wondering. (laughs) There was no rubbing of the walls. It was just... The mattering of the crowd. <laughs> yeah. yep. No, no wall rubbing on this one. No, no, no. We stayed in the pocket. We stayed in the pocket. And we but it was one of those like things of like, oh, maybe he'll see me and be like, you're the future. But it's like, it's just another set. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> at the end of the day, like, we can build up everything. Oh, this will be the one. This will be the one. I mean, and then, I mean, and that's the other thing. It's like, there's times when, like, comedians would just be legit be like good set and sometimes they don't say anything but it also yeah. doesn't mean that that wasn't a good set either right like sometimes we're always waiting for like our peers to like recognize but it's like hey man people have are in their own little minds and doing mm-hmm. other things in their mind like don't sweat waiting for a reaction by somebody i did it see good never. camaraderie at the open mics like comics were super nice to each other i remember on the first mic I went to uh, at the Laughing Skull, it was like a first-timer performer. And then when she got off, everyone was like, yeah, nice job. Welcome. Yeah, Welcome to comedy yeah. and all this. That's like, cool. um, There was a lot of good positive camaraderie going on around the scene. I was very happy to see. That's awesome to hear because that's not always been the case. <laughs> no, it has not. No, he has not. <laughs> All right. Somebody yes. asked a question in the comments real quick. Let me see. How do you calm your nerves or anxiety before or during a set? Mr. Byers, how do you calm your nerves before or during a set? Look at this. This is a nice, tight, 45-character question. Was this on YouTube? Um, or was this no, Facebook? I'm just, I don't know where it's from. It might be YouTube. Oh, cool. I posted in the YouTube community, and I think some questions were posted there, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, these Facebook ones are very long-winded. So, <laughs> what was it? Um, What was the question? So was it about calming your nerves before a set? Yeah, before or during a set. Uh, something that helps me, and I actually just talked about this on uh, Heather Parody's podcast, which is available now. Uh, she may still be watching. She was here at the beginning, but I always set like an intention for my set name, major name drop. <laughs> and I always write like breathe, smile, slow down. Like I write these things on my set list. So I kind mm. of enter the set with that intention and that kind of focusing on those instead of like what could go wrong or what if this joke doesn't work or how am I going to like. I got to remember everything instead of focusing on all that, just focusing on these simple things, smile, breathe, slow down, have fun, 
having those really keep me grounded and calm before a set. Yeah. Um, I would say it took me a while to start doing this, but I kind of do very something very similar. And it's, I tell myself I'm still amazing. Even if this goes bad. Mm. Yeah, 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 just, yeah. Just right before I go up, I'm still yeah. awesome. Even if this goes bad and it calms me down. And I think part of it is I used to be a DJ and I always remember like, if I prepare for the first thing I'm going to say, or the first song that I'm going to do, everything else is easy. Then I'm just in the pocket, but it's mm -hmm. that first thing and sort of just getting the first thing out. And that's the thing that I actually get nervous about. Even my kids today, I always ask, are you always, are you nervous? I'm like, always nervous, but I know my cycle and I know like what happens to my body when I am nervous and I am in tune with it to know, just got to get the first thing out. Once the first thing is out, then my body kind of comes into itself and then I perform, but it's usually just that first thing. But yeah, I usually tell myself, Hey, no matter what, I'm still awesome. And then yeah. I go up. Breathing, like taking yeah. deep breaths can help. Cool. Just absolutely slowing down. Um, and during the set, I always say, uh, if you're anxious during, like if something, <laughs> you know, I'd say rub on a wall if you're nervous um, <laughs> during the set. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or, or just like, honestly, I, I would say just like, take a beat. Like, it's okay to be silent for just a little bit and then reset yourself, even if you're on stage. There's nothing wrong. I know some comics, I remember this is one of the things I appreciate about Rob Hayes um, is he just takes a beat between every single joke. Like, he doesn't yeah. rush it. And I love it because it feels like he's just resetting himself. It's almost like, oh, got it. He unplugs and then plugs back in. And I loved watching that and watching him, especially in the city. I'm like, this guy's not, I, I couldn't tell whether it was nerves or it was just his routine, but I liked seeing it because it just felt like he was comfortable regardless of the silence. Yeah, very authentic. Very authentic. So yeah, I hope that helps there. I'm not sure who asked that. Ty uh, or Oh, oh, okay. Oh, I see it on YouTube now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Daniel Hobbs asked, as a new comic, how do you handle the heckler that do just doesn't shut up? I think someone posted about this in our Facebook group as well. They got a, it was a hot topic in our Facebook group. I think I got a lot of uh, comments going. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, for me, should I start this? Yeah, go ahead. I don't. I don't want to be another Miss Pat situation, where I like say something and I'm like, "Well, golly gee." No, no, I'm just um, I had a heckler flash me. Top quick. that. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the name drop real quick. But go ahead. Yeah, of a heckler. So I was heckling Sam Kennison. Yeah, no, 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 no name drop. I mean, heckler is like. Gosh, there, it's so tricky because, well, one thing to remember with a heckler is like that the audience is on your side. So mm. it's like they want him or her to shut up as much as you do. So 
yeah. approaching it as like a conversation where it's you and the audience speaking to this person instead of you talking at this person that's like and thinking you can like fight fire with fire yeah most of the time you can just let a heckler fall on their face and it's also important to know what kind of heckle it is sometimes someone is trying to disturb the show other times they're just drunk and just talking along with you or yeah. another time they're just super excited and just say like say things out loud not realizing yeah that that they're, they're disrupting the show yeah, so you need for to sure. be able to identify what kind of heckle it is, and that can help kind of determine how you approach it. But I will also yeah. say um, that also ignoring the heckler, a lot of the times they may stop. Not all the time, but if you Not just don't address it, they may realize, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that, and they'll stop. But if yeah. they don't, then you can kind of assess, all right, what's happening here? Try to yeah, assess it that way. There's scales to heckling, right? Like mm -hmm. a small scale is like you said a joke, and then the heckler may say something like, Man, that's crazy. I just did that last week. That's a fun heckle. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he just recognized that you said a joke. He's like, uh he, she, or whatever. They're like, Oh, I identify with that joke kind of thing. Now you've got something to kind of go on. I always say treat hecklers in positive light. Don't demean yeah. the heckler because mm -hmm. demeaning the heckler makes you look bad for putting down the heckler. Mm -hmm. If you spin it into a positive, you can usually win that entire battle. Then the other level is when a heckler, like you said, is trying to disturb the show or they're drunk or they just don't know what they're doing. One of the things I recognize, and I think we talk about this, is that when people are going to comedy shows, a lot of people actually haven't been to the comedy show before. It's like yep. their first, second, maybe third time ever going to a comedy show. And that's most people that I see at the comedy club. It's not like there's not a huge amount of people that are consistently going to comedy shows. So people actually aren't trained to know what to do. So they're just going to go to it instinctual like, oh, I may have seen this. I think it's okay to heckle just because. And then sometimes you just got to be like, you know, I prefer if you laugh. That'd be better. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have some comebacks for hecklers that are much more positive than like just demeaning the person. And uh, and then if you're like one of those comedians who are like uh, like an Ian bag, they'll just start asking the heckler questions and then make it mm -hmm. part of the material, which is also I think a good way to positively spin it. You know what I mean? Like, if the heckler is like talking, it's okay to engage him. And then see if you can get material out of it, but get to the material very, very fast so they're not the center of attention any longer. Mm, yeah. You don't want them to become a part of the show. You really kind of want to hit it yeah. and quit it, as they say. Yeah. Pause. <laughs> um, so we're approaching the end of the hour here, but uh, let's do one more from... This is Riley Galvin in our uh, YouTube community post. I posted posted there and in our Facebook group, getting gathering people's questions. We appreciate everyone that posted them. And we yeah. do this every week, so please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so you get notified when we do go live so you don't miss out on DS. Comedy gold. Comedy gold. So the final question here is from Riley Galvin. 
when should you move to a bigger stand-up scene? New York, LA, etc. It's really a personal preference. Um, it's really what you want out of it. I mean, I know people who move to LA two years into their comedy career and ended up on Conan the next year. And then I know other people from that never left Atlanta and have been able to build careers and even smaller scenes where there may not be as many shows or opportunities still in those scenes. You can kind of create your own shows, your own events, look for surrounding cities and see where else you could do shows and maybe start your own and get paid to be a comedian, which is always nice. But you don't, unless you just want to move, you don't really have to. Like, now with <laughs> technology, you can really kind of build a career from anywhere, essentially. Yeah. But if you want to move to New York or L.A., then it's kind of on your own time. I think one, I, I asked Jared Harris one time when I was thinking about moving to L.A., and he's like, you want to treat it like college, that it's like you be in your home scene for four years, that's like high school. And then if you want to graduate to like a bigger pond, then that's when you would move. That was kind of his advice when I was thinking about it. But mm -hmm. ended up not moving because I just ended up not being about that life. I knew friends that had moved and them sleeping <laughs> on couches and like four <laughs> dudes in a two bedroom apartment in New York. I was like, nah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but that's personal preference. That was me. So I wanted to build it all from Atlanta. So it's just kind of personal preference on that of when to move or not i think yeah no that's that's pretty solid advice i mean i i would say it is personal preference and it just depends on your lifestyle man like does your lifestyle give you the ability to be able to move i mean uh a mm -hmm. uh, buddy of mine hans kim he just traveled and had a he just he had like a sprinter van and just moved into different scenes like what? but he lived out of his sprinter van yeah he's on kill tony now but he lived out of a sprinter van and just moved like he went wow. to new york he came to atlanta for a little bit i think he might have did in denver and he just you know this is what he wanted to pursue but also doesn't have like children or like uh <laughs> a wife like he's right. doing stuff because he's able to kind of like do that and make those decisions because he's not responsible for anybody at the moment right? right and so i think it's about sort of like what do you want to do with your comedy career i mean and then you got to look at people like uh who just came back um uh who just came back from new york oh what's his in name? atlanta yeah andrew george no well andrew george has come back but um eddie andy andy samford oh right yeah yeah, yeah 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 we went to new york for like 10 years or so and yeah. then just moved back right and i think sometimes people think the move and i remember talking to andy think the move is like going to change their career trajectory and the reality is you got to grind just as hard as you were in your yeah. home city and now you're just a smaller fish in a bigger pond right mm -hmm. and you still got to break through all the noise as before but with technology these days, you can be discovered in any city. There's not like comedians. There's not like this just this influx of comics getting found 
only in New York and only in LA. Just so you know, like, and like, there's a lot of cities I would say that are really solid comedy cities. If you're thinking about going to maybe not a LA or maybe not a New York, Austin, Denver, Atlanta, Atlanta, people Nashville. out here, are, Nashville, people out here are grinding and they're mm -hmm. getting gigs, right? And so, I think to your point again, personal preference, I wouldn't. I wouldn't move just for the sake of moving unless you just really just want to move. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, if you want to, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No pressure on that pressure. No pressure on that pressure. Well, there we go. That's it. We did it. We did it. Hot Breath Live in the books again. We do this every Tuesday. So if you're listening to the podcast, go subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that notification bell and join our email list. We're already doing some cool things on the email list. Just go ahead and join that and get in on those goodies. But we made it. We made it. Almost fell asleep at one point, <laughs> but the itis kicked in, dude. I hadn't had pancakes in years. Oh, really? I didn't remember last time I had pancakes, but I'm feeling them. As I'm, I'm grabbing my stomach right now, I'm feeling them. Yeah, I'm feeling them. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. Let's That's land this plane. <laughs> Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go join the email list. And we'll be back next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. We will be back. Booyah. Boom, bow, plow. Bow, y'all. Bow. bow. Hot breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.